0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our voices, henceforth known as the Gareth Bale, Loris carrier Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> uh, no more football for us to chat about, but plenty of stuff to go through on the last episode of the season. You and James and Rich are on hand to conduct our traditional player review episode, mull over some transfer rumours, and dish out some distinctly tongue-in-cheek awards. Should be great fun. But first, a word for my colleagues, James. how's tricks. I'm very
1: good, thank you. You?
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's a distinctly nicer world to live in since Saturday evening, when you know the fates conspired to provide. A wonderfully dramatic end to the season for our dear old friends at Liverpool.
1: Yeah, it was lovely. It was the only way to finish off the season. It could have been very depressing um, Yeah, going into the summer with them being European
2: champions again. So, good old Real Madrid.
0: Yeah, God, oh, we never would have heard the end of it, would we, Rich?
2: No, it would have been extremely bad. And, it could, and they couldn't have lost in a better way, really, could they? For hijinks and stuff.
0: For ways to lose, rolling the ball out to Karim Benzema from, what, one metre away? If you're going to f*** up in a Champions League final, then f*** up gloriously like that.
2: Yeah, to do it twice, though.
0: Twice! Two times! (laughs) For good grief. Um, I mean, we'll get on to Gareth Bale in a bit more depth in terms of his relationship to our fair club a little bit later on. But what about that first goal? That was ridiculous. Was that better than Ronaldo's against Juventus?
2: That's a hard one, isn't it? Ronaldo's was kind of... The ball came over a bit faster, I think, didn't it? And if you look at it, if you you look at Ronaldo's, he had to adjust more quickly. But, I mean, you know, it's a toss-up. You could argue for either, couldn't you? Both absolutely ridiculous. Hmm.
0: But um, he did wonder if Ronaldo was basically saying he was annoyed at, and basically playing up to this element of, uh, his future being uncertain primarily because Gareth Bale had sort of gotten there first and just completely stolen his thunder in Champions League final again. That's the sort of person we're dealing with. But anyway, let's move on from that. So, format of this evening is we are going to go through the entirety of United squad and offer a relatively brief review of their performance and offer a moment of their season as well. So, format's gonna be I choose for James. James chooses for Rich and Rich chooses for me. So I'll get started. Uh James, how about Chris Smalling?
1: Ah, Chris Smalling. Um yeah, I think I think he's had his highlights, he's had his lowlights. But I think overall, if you're being looking at across the whole season, I think he's done okay. Um I don't think he's been our worst defender, which is saying something but I think in the last probably, what, two months of the season, I think he was pretty decent. He was picked in every game. He's had his moments, I think, certainly the Newcastle away game. He was he had a bit of a brain fart, I think, on the halfway line, didn't he, or something like that, and one or two other sort of typical Smalling-type escapades. But otherwise, I think he's been okay, and he's not probably good enough to be first choice, but he's, like I say, not been the worst one we've had. So I think he probably will escape criticism by and large tonight but I'll leave it in your fair hands if you disagree. <laughs> I think Rich might
0: completely disagree <laughs> so I might open the floor <laughs> open for that one.
2: <laughs> the big, my biggest problem with Chris Smalling is that he's afraid of football.
0: That's a pretty big problem.
2: He's the crab on the ball isn't he? I mean James is right I think I think he's essentially a sound centre-back. Jose seems to like him quite a lot. or so I guess what you get with Smalling is you get a, a solid kind of Maybe six or seven out of ten most games, he gets the old goal and but he also has the old brain fart and you have to give up a degree of distribution for the back as well. I think what James James said is quite right. You know, for a, a successful United team, he shouldn't be playing centre back, but he would be a perfectly serviceable third or fourth fourth choice. I mean, I, I'd play by every week, even if United weren't playing. I just I just want to look at him and 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 somebody else as yet. As yet <laughs> undecided, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'd sell someone else first.
0: Sell someone else first. That's that's pretty good logic, I would say. James, uh, for better and potentially for worse, Chris Smalling's moment of the season. Then
1: moment of the season. Blimey! could this be a comedy one, or does it have to be? A, it can be a better or for
0: worse, my friend. You go for it. Go with your heart.
1: Oh god! Um, <laughs> derby. Well, probably the <laughs> derby. What do you do in the derby? Score the winner. <laughs> What oh, did he do in the Derby, <laughs> James? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of I was thinking of comedy moments or something that he's. I was thinking Derby. You know, he got sent off against um You know, a few years ago. So I was thinking, uh, <laughs> thinking along those. Did he get sent off this time? No. Yeah, from a positive point of view, definitely scoring those um, those goals and definitely the City um, City one because it's the surprise that A he actually managed to A be in the box, not fall over, and actually volley very very well. And uh, you know, at two two, so. Um, such an important game. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Thanks for rescuing me and actually reminding me that he actually has done some decent work in the um, opposition box. And not uh, his highlight is not a defensive moment. It is definitely an attacking moment. So, yeah, I agree with that. That's um, that's his moment, definitely.
0: Nicky scored as many goals as Alexis Sanchez in the second half of the season. <coughs> right, anyway, James, who have you got for Rich?
1: We will go with Daily Blind.
2: Who? <laughs> <laughs> Oh Daily Blind. There's not a great deal to say is there? Um we were there for the penalty he scored against Benfica. Did he score another goal this season?
0: Not that I'm aware of, no.
2: No. No. Daily Daily Blind, a man who is he's a good footballer, but who's essentially too slow, too short, and too weak to be really good in any particular position. Which I essentially is why Mourinho's you gonna sell him in the summer if he can. I, I see Daily Blind leaving as a good thing, so that's a a plus in, in Mourinho's tally book. He's been okay, isn't he? He's done. He's I mean, he's basically in, like
0: a mid-tier Swiss army knife. He does several things he is. relatively well.
2: Yeah, but nothing But nothing well enough to really be an expert at it. But he's very beautiful. I'd probably go he with that. Lovely, he has lovely hair as well, doesn't
0: he? I mean, what about moment of the season? And I guess we're saying that penalty against Benfica, really, aren't we?
2: I literally can't think of anything else he's done this season, has he? <laughs> Someone will come up with something, um, but no. He did hit that penalty very hard down the middle. So, well done him. Oh,
0: he's very good. All right, here you got for me, Rich. Yeah.
2: I'm going, to, I'm, g- I'm going to give you Matteo
0: Darmian. Uh, 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 why? Why are we going from <laughs> <Sorry>, not... <laughs> interesting to bad <laughs> defender so far this season? It's <laughs> not an encouraging start. Okay, Matteo Darmian. Um, a player still recovering from being excellent in those first three games under Van Hal seemingly. He's just never looked like... He's never looked that good in a United shirt since those opening games, seemingly since Van Hal saw some elements of his game and thought, huh, OK, yeah, that's no good. You're going to start doing this now. You know, I think it speaks volumes of the fact that this player has been completely unable to depose Antonio Valencia I really, really wanted him to do well at United. I like the guy. You know, He is better than he has shown, I think. It's fair to say, considering what he was doing when he first started at United. And we know he can do better than this, but he's not capable of producing what Mourinho wants on the right flank. And it makes complete sense that he'd be leaving. It's interesting to see that he's going to go off to Juventus most likely. I think mean, that's a really interesting turnaround for him. Um And, you know, I'll, I'll look over at those games going forward if he does end up over there at the old lady just to see what they can actually get out of him. Because if Juventus are in for him, I'm guessing not as a starting right-back, but even as a squad player, it will be very, very interesting to see what they do with him and what they're able to get out of him. I mean, in terms of a moment of the season... Did he do a funny MUT interview or like one of those Chevrolet videos? At one point, I got nothing. I'm I'm done.
2: <laughs>
1: so his highlights are certainly not his facial hair. That's
2: for it, sure.
0: No. Oh no, those mutton chops need to go, man.
2: He's a completely nondescript man, isn't he? That's the problem. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's just like he's got he's got an incredibly nondescript haircut. Yeah, I think his beard probably is the most noticeable thing about him. Or, or if it's a beard, I'm not really sure. Or half beard, or don't know random tufts around his face. That's the only thing I can really I'll remember him for.
0: Yeah. I mean, he did a very good goal against Everton and was very, very good in the Europa League final. But, you know, nothing this season really sticks out, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, James, you're up. Uh, Nemanja Matic. Ah,
1: good choice. Um, I think he started off very, very well, was just what we needed, I think, from sort of pre-season onwards when he came in. Had a couple of good games in pre-season. Started off the season really, really well. I think West Ham, that West Ham game, first home game was probably, arguably, his best performance of the whole season. I think he was, you know, literally did everything on that day, and he sort of peaked at that moment. But he's been, by and large, um, pretty solid. I think he has been our best midfielder, which, in a narrow field of not many others, really isn't saying a lot. But he definitely had a dip. There's no doubt about it in the middle. Certainly in the middle months, where there was a significant drop down, where he started to lose the ball. He started to become a bit sort of slow and a bit cumbersome and could get sort of pushed off the ball quite easily. But on the other side, lots of good moments, I thought, where he did what we hadn't had for a while. So he's been that defensive midfielder that we've needed. Are there better players than him in that position in the Premier League? Yes, but he still does a job. And I think overall, He's done a, had a pretty good season, and his moment of the season for me would be the Crystal Palace away winner, which was arguably, yeah, arguably goal of the season as well. That really sort of cemented him in the, his time at United. Really took off, certainly in the eyes of the fans from that point, And I think he he can be pretty pleased with his debut season. And I'm not sure he's ever going to get any better. And I think we probably may be looking to replace him in the next year or two or certainly ease him out and he shouldn't play as many games next season but yeah. all in all considering where he's come from he's used to big games but I think he's settled in pretty well so not certainly nowhere near the um the worst performer and probably in the top 5 3, four, 5 something like that of um of everybody so pretty decent all round. Hmm, Sounds good who have you got for Rich? For Rich I'll be kind and say
2: Paul Pogba that's the... wowzers. Ouch. Yeah. I-, I thought Paul Pogba was having a pretty good season until he got injured. I can't remember which game he got injured in. It
0: was bars on the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, that's
2: right. But but that was the point. I think that Newcastle away game, we lost that. We had the Spurs game in and around that as well. Like, that game still annoys me a bit in that absolutely everybody was playing terribly. And if you, if you watch, watch it back, Matic was completely out of position quite regularly as well. But Mourinho seemed to Feel that Pogba was was the main reason why everything was falling down around him. Pogba's certainly got elements he's going to to improve. I think he has to be better defensively. He's still learning tactically as well. But he's one of those players where ultimately, if you want to get the best out of him, you've just got to let him play. At least one midfield signing would make this. summer will probably be to complement him and Matic in a midfield that would be a bit more balanced. But I, I do think he's one of the three or four players that that Mourinho really tanked his confidence you know it's just an example as I'm not sure that Mourinho's stick is a catch-all way of improving players anymore and so I mean you know but I think both both he and Mourinho should shoulder a degree of the blame for his form in the second half of the season I think ultimately he's been fairly disappointing other than a few games when he's been absolutely amazing It, it would be really sad if he left this summer I don't think he will but if he did because we just haven't seen anything like the best of him so far
0: no, I think you think that City game sort of encapsulates the good and the bad, isn't it? You know, you think back yeah. to how much stick he was getting in that first half of the performance. You know, Sky absolutely ripping into bits. And the way that he turned things around in that second half, that was an example of what he can do. And as you said, Mourinho's definitely got to shoulder some responsibility for what Pogba has served up this the second half of the season. And so is Pogba. And they both have to work harder at this and tactically and their relationship was to actually get the best out of each other. And it is disappointing that Pogba hasn't necessarily gotten up to a high standard that we know he can deliver at, that we saw at Juventus under Mourinho. But at the same time, that's not just on him.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there's not not one of our attacking, most technically gifted players that's played anywhere near their potential this season for me. I don't know, Mekatari. Um, <laughs> and I think that that kind of, Points at a wider issue that Mourinho is really struggling to to create an attack that's that's effective and fluid and, and that really makes the best of the players he's got and that you know he could buy who he wants his summer but ultimately if he doesn't rectify that problem over the summer then we might you know we're, we're going to watch City and and or whoever distribute to distance again so you know he's got some very good players it you know it looks like he may well buy another maybe one attacking player and and the biggest challenge he's going to have next season is to actually get them all playing and and was Absolutely key to that. Moment of the season? Oh, it's got to be the derby, hasn't it? Two goals in the derby. Particularly the second one, when I made a, made a ridiculous noise when he scored it.
0: <laughs> Lovely. Right, who have you got for me then?
2: What about... Marcus Rashford.
0: Marcus Rashford. Right. Again, I think it, it's similar in terms of report card to what we said last season. It doesn't feel to me like... United's fan base as a whole obviously it's so broad and vast it's difficult to get a consensus on these sort of things but I think there's still a good degree of patience with Rashford I do think there's frustration and I think if you go back to the Brighton game as an example of how he can frustrate you know in, in the sense that you know he was there he got the won the ball back and just took too long and didn't feed Martial and that was our one great chance of that game and that was indecisiveness on Rashford's part that cost him but by that same token I don't think Mourinho is really helped him all that much this season he's in terms of what he's done with Lukaku he's almost done the same thing that he did with Ibrahimovic and just played him too much because he didn't have enough trust in the players behind him in order to give them a chance and when Rashford has played up front you know you think about the cup final it's just not worked I think there's definitely an element of Rashford needing to improve some elements of his game but similar to the Pogba chat we just had just now the cup final was an is it was a wonderful example of Mourinho trying to play one way and not having any alternative. We were trying to play the system that we normally play with Lukaku, hitting long balls, trying to do crosses, and he was never going to get on the end of them. You know, Rashford is not bad in the air, but he's not the physical presence that Romelu Lukaku is. So we have to start adapting our game a little bit better in the situations to get the best out of him. Again, I think Rashford can improve, and I think this goal tally this season is encouraging but i think improvements do need to be made if he wants to really stick it and really push the hard on a frequent basis but again you know i'm still really really appreciative that we've got him i think the liverpool game is easily the moment of the season just because of the way he took that first goal the turn on the pass i think it was what headed on from the that first one the shot was absolutely fantastic and the way that he took those two goals was superb you know and that's an example of what he can do in the right set of circumstances he's a deadly finisher on his day and that's why he's so exciting to watch. And I think we'll still, I think even regardless of what happens for this third season under Mourinho, I still expect that United are going to get something good out of Rashford long-term. I think it might just take us a little while to get there. Right, okey-doke. James, I'm going to give you Ashley Young. Oh,
1: yeah, I think another of those players who has had a very good season, probably top five um of all players. And But deep down, you know he's not really, shouldn't be first choice United player, but you can't really hold too much against him this season. I think he's filled the problem left-back position pretty well. I mean, to be fair, you don't often see him get beaten in a defensive situation, which is for a a winger, which he's been, or a number 10 at some certain points, but a winger primarily is pretty good from a de- defensive point of view, but he's just frustrating in the fact that he's a one-trick pony when it comes to going forward, and that you know from the left he's going to get in good positions but he's then going to stop cut in on his right cross it and it's either going to go out of play or occasionally say one out of 20 is going to hit Lukaku and look fantastic but you know I think we all know that left back needs sorting out with a left footed player and that's where you know I think some of the transfer sort of rumors as we may come on to later will be centered around needing new backs and Young's a part of that but He will certainly be there next season, a decent squad player. But I just hope he doesn't play as much as he has this season, because it's pretty. If he does, then it's pretty damning on a who Mourinho gets in, or and on the on the rest of them. Even if if Shaw's still around, he should sort play certainly a lot less. But like I say, you can't really fault him for his effort. He certainly gets the club, as the cliche goes. But he shouldn't be first choice anymore. Certainly not next season and as for moment of the season, what comes to mind is Watford away, and did he score twice, or am I, yeah, and one was a brilliant free kick, so I'm going for that free kick, which I think was one of, well, I can't remember too many other free kicks we saw sort of direct, and um, I can't even remember it too well, but I know it was, it sort of left everyone sort of dumbfounded, and I think even... The camera cut to Mourinho and the rest of the bench, they're all like looking at each other, sort of blank facing, how the hell has Ashley Young managed to do that so I can't think of too many other highlights he's just been pretty consistent, you know, 7 out of 10 most games, so he's had a really good season, but just ultimately not good enough to be first choice left back
0: hmm. Fair enough, and for Richard?
1: For Richard, I will give him... well, we just talked about Ashley Young, so we'll go with Luke Shaw
2: oh. <laughs> 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 I talked about the, the way that Mourinho kind of treats players. So Luke Shaw's the one that whilst I don't like the way that he that that Mourinho's addressed the problem, I think he's the one that I have most sympathy with with Mourinho on in that my feeling is I don't think he's played well when he has played, I don't think he's played exceptionally well since his injury. And he just never looks quite fit to me. And I think if you've had four managers who've Sort of question your drive, perhaps. Then that th- th- there's probably something in it, um, and it-, it just kind of feels to me that we're at the situation where Shaw just needs to leave and just go and start again somewhere and see how he goes because it's just an incredibly toxic situation for him at United. I mean, I saw in the papers a couple of days ago that suggested that he was going to hang on and see out the last year of his contract. I, I presume if if that were so, it'd be on the basis that nobody's going to pay him anything like the hundred thousand pounds a week he's to at United. But that would make me really sad because he's is he twenty twenty two now? You know, this these are the key years of his of his career now. He, you know, he either makes or breaks it. He's going to be a wealthy wealthy kid when he retires, regardless. He just needs to, he needs to get away and, and and start again. Perhaps move down a rung or two in in the Premier League and start again and just rebuild. Perhaps refocus himself because. I, I, I can't believe that, that that many managers would would comment on his sort of drive if if it weren't the if it weren't the case that he had had problem with it. I mean, I've, I noticed whenever he's um whenever he's interviewed, he's, he's he's very quiet and he always seems incredibly laid back, almost as if he's not listening. He's almost he's sort of kind of half asleep, and that's that that's kind of the impression you get from those who've spoken about him. So yeah, Luke Shaw, I think probably Ringo's right on him, even if. His approach hasn't necessarily been very tasteful. A moment, moment of the season, God only knows. No, I
0: was it the moment Mourinho said there might be few better
1: left backs in the Premier. Yeah, League? that was. Oh, then dropped him next game, not <laughs> dropped him the next day. Yeah,
2: not quite. It's not quite as bad as Fergie's. Phil Jones could be the best player that Manchester United have ever had, but 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 almost as ridiculous.
0: Well, admittedly, he said he could be, not that he would be. So he's given
1: himself that out. I guess Fergie likened him to Duncan he Edwards, did, yeah. didn't he? He did. That's
2: more like Eddie the Eagle, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> one of the '80s kids there. Yeah, he well, that's, <laughs> that's a reference a, I, was I get. Say, There'll be about twenty percent of people listening to this will even understand what you're talking about. Who? We'll be on Google. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, Luke Shaw literally doesn't have a moment of the season, which is sad. But
0: no, 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 no. Actually, no. Wait, he hit the post against West Ham. That would have been his first professional goal.
2: Did he? I, I didn't see that game. I was signing oh yeah, him. you I'm missed that one. Bless you. Oh, you really missed out on somewhere. that one. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to hit you with. Give you Henrik Mkhitaryan just for laughs.
0: Oh dear! I think Mkhitaryan is a good example of how short term his football is these days. You know, he started off United really, really struggling. Mourinho didn't seem to have much confidence in him, and it took what three, four months for that first season for him to actually get a decent run of games to show us what he could do. And if you think back to the first what five or six games of the season. He was notching assists like they were going out of fashion. He was actually playing really well. But I don't I think he's one of the biggest casualties of United's dropping confidence and form in the sense that when the players around him weren't playing with much confidence, he just seemed to fall off a cliff completely, didn't he? You know, it it was remarkable just how ill-fitted he looked to play for Manchester United in the months leading up to his transfer. And it's sad, in a way, that it ended in the in the fashion that it did. I mean, I think that, in a way, where he's ended up at Arsenal now makes a lot of sense. I think he's at a level that demands a little bit less on a consistent basis. I think in terms of the football that he wants to play, it probably suits him a little bit more than it does being a Mourinho side. But it's still a shame that a player with obvious talent just couldn't bring it all together. And not only that, that he was only given 18 months to prove himself, considering that there is considerable talent there. But there we go, you know, Mourinho took a punt on Alexis Sanchez, and that's something that we'll come on to later. But by that same token, I don't think Mkhitaryan has done all that much in the six months since leaving Old Trafford to suggest that we've really, really missed out on a talent that could really come back to bite us in the backside. I think in terms of one specific moment of the season... Uh... Ooh, um,
2: Score, scoring against us. Oh,
0: God, he did, he did. He did, didn't he? I mean, there was that yeah. marvellous moment where he basically held his hand up to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, I scored against you. This is all really important. I'm such a polite boy. And he is quite a polite boy. Fair play to him. That was lovely and sweet. There we go. Right, James, you have got... Ander Herrera.
1: Oh, blimey. He's had a really, well, nondescript season, as far as I can think. I don't think he's... as he. I think he's been injured for some of it, or... Um, just barely seems to have registered, you know, in any sort of highlights or certainly perhaps he had his best um, run of games towards the end of the season in the midfield three that perhaps we moved to. But even in those games, I think he sort of by and large wasn't particularly strong in many of them. I think there's one or two where he was very good. I think there was at the Chelsea game he was he was pretty good as he usually is against Chelsea. But otherwise, he's had a really I don't know, just like I say, nondescript season, no great assists or no great sort of highlights, really. So choosing a moment for him is going to be non-impossible.
2: Semi-final goal. Semi-final. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> um, Yeah, okay. Apart from the
1: semi-final, um, no, that's that's fair. That his um, that was his best performance of the season by far. That Tottenham game. That was the game I was thinking of mm-hmm. actually. But yeah, it's when you've got to sort of think. Considering the season before, he was probably our best player and player of the year, just about, was he? He's, he's Yeah, yeah I mean, a... he was being touted by everybody, pretty much, as you know, next captain, now then he sort of went into this season and could barely get a kick, so you think he's one of those players that, again, he's probably not quite at the level we thought he'd be when he signed, hasn't really pulled up too many trees, but he'll be around next season as a squad player, maybe his last season is he out of contract at the end of next season, so maybe he'll want to go back to Spain at the end of that, but just yeah, just overall pretty dull season for him, and he's got a big big season next year to well, you know with midfield uh, replacements on their way. He'll he may well struggle to to get near the team or even near the squad, to be honest. But he'll be, I'm pretty sure he'll be there. I don't think he's really someone that we'd look to sell. But depends, maybe a, a Spanish club will come in, and it might be a way of bringing in some extra money. But um, highlight, yeah, I mean it's fair enough. Richard said it is the a the performance against Spurs in the semi final and the obviously the goal. So. That you completely forgot about. Yeah, it's so memorable. Rich, let's be kind to you. I want to hear
2: about Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. Um, I would say he's been quite comfortably United's best outfield player of the season. That's even with the fact that he had a two to three-month spell in the middle of the sort of towards the tail end of last year and the start of this year where he just stopped scoring altogether. His experience this season has been a strong argument for playing young players through their difficult times, within reason, because he's emerged from the end of it as a much better player, I think, than he started at the start of the season, certainly in terms of his all-round game. He's still got got some way to go in terms of improving his technique, but he, he's certainly been leading the line much better um, prior to his injury at the end of the season. He's got 27 goals in his first season, which, um, I, I looked it up. It's more than Andy Cole got. More than Teddy Sheringham got in his first season. I think he's more goals than Andy Cole ever scored in a season for United, which surprised me a lot. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's really done himself a lot of good this season. I think he's improved as a player and I'm really looking forward to him improving again next season. We'll, we'll talk about the transfer rumours later on. We're being linked, linked to some, the old player that might not be a bad fit and one one or two that sound like they'd be awful for the money, but we'll talk about later. But but Mourinho's clearly also looking for a, a powerful alternative to play up front with him. And I think that's something that's that's perhaps needed because Lukaku just played too many games. You, just as with Matic, you know, ultimately if you've got one guy who you have to play every week to make your one the one and only system you have work, then it, they're going to burn out at some point in the season. They're just not going to have the legs to play twice a week for, for most of the year. And as you said, the, the, he clearly doesn't trust Rashford as a, as a backup striker and he's obviously not willing to adapt and try and play a different way. So it makes sense for him to get somebody to take a bit of the load off Lukaku. But I don't think we're going to have too many complaints for Lukaku, Lukaku's first season. You know, I wouldn't say he's been exceptional, but I think he's had a 7 to 8 out of 10 first season.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the thing with Lukaku in particular has been that he's actually done better in, and actually a better footballer than I think some of us gave him credit for.
2: Yeah, well, he's. Be- I think he's certainly become a better footballer than, than than people gave him credit for. I think I think there was an issue early in the season where his touch was quite heavy, the ball was bouncing off him, it was it was making it difficult for us to build up play and actually release pressure. But that's something he's really, really improved on, and I think he's shown that he can be, uh, he can be a much better player than people have said and. I, I'll argue this to my dying breath that he's by far the best crosser of ball we've got at the club at the moment, which is mad. Yeah, I'm, which is a shame. Uh, yeah, it, it I, is mad, but it's a shame he can't cost himself. Exactly <laughs> because
1: that's where he's um he scored twenty seven, twenty eight goals or whatever it is, but without any service from the wings or from fullback. So if we get some decent fullbacks yeah. who can actually cross the ball, you know, there's no reason why with a bit of luck, he staying fit, he could get thirty five next season. And you know, he literally had no service, no. Yeah. Crosses at all to deal with, apart from the odd young one, but that's just you know random. So um, yeah, I think I agree with that completely. I think he's had a really good season, and he'll be even better next season.
2: Yeah, moment of the season. I really enjoyed his performance against Huddersfield in the FA Cup. That was kind of towards towards the end of that really difficult period that he was having. And we went there, and I don't think United played well at all in that game. Huddersfield dominated territory, and he essentially scored two really good breakaway goals. And the first one was a you know a lovely goal, and he. He got onto the ball, made a brilliant run, got onto the ball, I think it was part of a matter. And, but yeah, th- those two stick in the memory for me just because I, I think they were, they're were they important for him at that particular time in the season. Right. You, I'll, I'll give you a chance to gush about Michael Carrick. Not literally gush, like verbally gush.
0: Verbally gush, yes. <laughs> okay, I mean, with Carrick, it's difficult to say that we've really missed him. I think that had things changed to a certain degree... And he actually decided to retire about a year ago. That probably would have been a bit more fitting than what we ended up with. It was great that he got that nice reception against Watford. And it's really interesting to see how his career as a coach alongside Mourinho is going to pan out. That coaching staff is changing. And I think that is one of the interesting elements. Perhaps more interesting than it's been in recent times. In the sense that we've seen United really struggle as an attacking unit for some time under Mourinho. So, I mean, hopefully we're going to see something a bit more varied and a bit more flexible. And I find it quite exciting to see what potentially we could do in that sense. It's almost more you can actually say than what Carrick's done this season, partially because he's barely played a game. And, you know, we've been really lucky with Carrick over the years to actually to have such a consistent midfielder performer. You know, he's you know, skulls gushing over him several years ago saying, you know, I could just go off and do my thing. I knew that Carrot was behind me. But I think over the last couple of seasons it's clear that we need to replace him. And I think in some ways in Matic we've got an operator who is capable, if he's not overworked at performing to a decent level, that would be regarded as Carrick-esque in a certain way. In terms of his moment of the season, I think it was just nice that he got that reception at the last game against Watford. You know, I think he deserved that. He's been a great servant for the club. Gosh, what is it? 12 seasons since 2006. One, two, three, four, five Premier Leagues. couple of FA Cups, if memory serves. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, Champions League, of course. I was trying to think if he won any more FA Cups. But yeah. Um, Charity, Charity Shield. Charity Shield is obviously vitally important. But yeah, I think he's had a great career at United, and it's lovely that it ended in the way it did with him getting the reception that he deserved. But I think, again, I think he's one of several players that United have now lost, and we need to replace, and we need to move on from, and... You know, hopefully it doesn't take us as long to sort out woes as it has been over the last sort of 5, 6, 10, 20 years. <laughs> anyway, uh let's take a break from the player reviews, actually, for a little while. And let's uh, have a nice chat about some transfer rumours. James, to begin with, Fred from Shakhtar Donetsk. Now, I'm not expecting that you've got a remarkable level of appreciation for the Ukrainian National League. But he sounds like he's a box to box operator, someone that United could really do with, so potentially someone who could line up alongside Matic and Pogba. What do you think?
1: Yes, I'll, um, I'll sort of agree that I don't watch Shakhtar Donetsk very often or any of Mr. Fred or his name is. Um, you know, I don't, haven't seen him apart from the odd YouTube video, which hopefully is what most, um, people judge him on because, uh, we're not going to be avid watchers of, uh, of Ukraine. But from, from that, which obviously is, you know, you're only seeing his highlights. You're not seeing his some um, his uh, sort of deficiencies, but he looks yeah excellent to be honest with you. He looks excellent on with both feet, which is a bit of a rarity in the modern game, and a bit of a bug bugbear of mine that so many players are, are one-footed. But he's equally equally good with either foot apparently, and I think he'll be an excellent sort of number eight really, as a on the right hand side of a three-man midfield, maybe and occasionally as a perhaps in the certain games he could be the. You know, almost dramatic replacement because his passing looks excellent, to be honest, from what I've seen. He does go box to box, um, at Shakhtar, but he looks like he could be someone who could control the midfield from the, from the base. Excellent sort of short passer and longer passer and looks like he takes a mean free kick. I think he did he score against City or somebody in the Champions League from outside the box with a free kick? So, um, maybe he can take a corner or two, which would be nice to, um, you know, to bring, to bring in. So he'd be worth sort of, um, 50 million or whatever we're going to pay for him from that. But, yeah.
0: I just want one player who can take a corner that gets past oh, the first man. That is all I want yeah, out of life.
1: Exactly. Just somewhere vaguely <laughs> corner, you know, getting back to sort of Beckham levels of um, of corners and Erwin levels, that sort of level. But, um, yeah, I'm not yeah. does not even take corners, but let's just give him a try. So, yeah, he's, um, like I say, we're not saying we watch him in uh, every week, but from the limited amount I've seen, which is sort of heavily edited in his favour, but he does look a good player and City were after him. So that's, that's, if, if, you know, Lord Pep wants him, then he must be excellent. So yeah, hopefully we we'll get it across the line and, and get him in before the World Cup and then it's
0: sort of put to bed. Good stuff. Uh, Rich, again, I'm sure you've got lots of, uh, <laughs> knowledge of La, the Portuguese La Liga for Diogo Dallo, which sounds like it's, I'm, I'm going to go with Dallo. That sounds right. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, 19 years old. Potentially cost us less than 20 million. And the idea is that essentially you would act as an understudy and provide some competition for Valencia. But uh, it's an interesting one to see the least that Mourinho is happy to plump for a 19 year old who has barely played for his, for Porto less than like 10 times, is
2: it? Yeah. I mean, it's a name I've heard in the last couple of years, just in terms of following a few sort of youth scouting accounts and they've tended to quite heavily praise him. I can, I can honestly say I've never seen him play in my life. But it makes a bit, it makes a degree of sense to me because I think there are there are positions that Mourinho clearly feels it's more important that we that we spend more heavily on this season. One of which I expect would be left back, and so it, it, we we need a new right back with Darmin leaving, and I guess bringing in a young player who won't expect to play a huge number of games this season, but someone he can sort of slowly school and ease in. You know, I I wouldn't ideally have. Antonio Valencia as my right back next season, but if if it means that we we can spend more money on other positions that really desperately need to be upgraded, then I don't particularly mind.
0: I mean, look, I don't want to be too catty. I'm not necessarily sure I'd want Antonio Valencia to be my right back coach next season.
2: No, no, this is true. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes some sense to me in that in that respect, and I I guess given the values that have been seen players go for in recent years, is quite quite a snip. And it sounds like if we. If we complete the deal with, we, we, we and he have rather shafted Porto something rotten. So if they're angry, then that makes me feel that they've got something to be angry about and then they know they're losing a very good player. I, I have to say, I've been, I'm slightly cynical this, this summer of YouTube videos and scouting reports and all sorts. I go back to Matteo Damian, who both of those things were absolutely glowing before we signed him. And I, I clearly put far too much stead in those things, in those. Innocent times, and I and I don't have the fullest of confidence that Mourinho is able to get the best out of players at the moment, particularly young players. But I can see the logic in buying him.
0: No, I think I'd agree with that. I think what I'd really like to see happen is fosu getting a run in the side, preferably at right back. You know, he's we are overstocked at centre back, and Mourinho has several players that he'll trust there over fossu but you know, he's had a good season at Palace and it'd be nice to see him get a chance to prove himself. You know, he's just spent a year playing for a Premier League club and, you know, that's surely got to be preparation for playing for United than less than 10 games at Porto is, but, you know, maybe that's just me. And the only other big rumour, I guess, to talk about, I mean, there's a, there's a Toby Aldevar, which is an interesting one, if only for the sense that I'm scared by the levels we'll have to go to actually try and prize a player from Daniel Levy's grip. Um That's an interesting one if purely because it'll be another centre-back and potentially another 29-year-old that Mourinho will want to spend a lot of money on to get. I just find myself thinking, are we still at this stage now? He's bought a centre-back every year and not gotten rid of one. We've got too many. He just has to get rid of one. Or he has to improve the ones that he has. You know, what does it say about Lindelof and Bayi that, again, we're looking at adding to this. We've given Rojo a new contract. And there's no signals at the moment that Jones and Smalley are going anywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, Lord knows how that's going to play out. But there we go. Uh, The really interesting one, the last week or so, has been, you know, Quite clearly, Gareth Bale. Whether or not that is legitimate interest, and whether or not that will lead to anything, because I'm pretty sure that Real are going to demand a lot of money. And the fact that Zidane has just left Real as if today was it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Zidane's going to be leaving Real. What? Yeah, yeah. Zidane's left today. Um That could change the landscape at Real quite significantly to the point where you would assume that perhaps the new manager coming in would want to keep Gareth Bale and will have ideas about what he wants to do with Real superstar players. But regardless, you know, Bale very pointedly saying at full time, I'm not going to, it didn't necessarily I'm not going to stay, but it was essentially making a plea of saying, look, if I'm not going to play week in, week out, then I'm not going to stay here and I'm going to have to think about my future. And, you know, I'm sure Woodward's ears were burning as soon as he heard that. And, you know, it was only a year ago that Mourinho seemingly wanted him in the side and was telling him, you know, I can't sign you because you don't talk to me. You know, I, I can't imagine United's interest has dimmed that significantly in the last 12 months because Bale has still got plenty to offer. But I do wonder if signing Sanchez is trying to kind of change the landscape financially and in terms of our attacking talent. You know, I still think that in almost every area of the pitch, Mourinho could do with signings, but he could also be getting more out of what he's got. And yeah, I'd absolutely love Gareth Bale to come into the team, but I think that also almost definitely spells the end for Anthony Martial. I don't see how he survives that because Lingard's not going anywhere, Rob Matchford's not going anywhere, and Sanchez has played for six months. Yes, he's had a bit of a stinker, which we'll come on to in a little while, but certainly nothing to suggest that he's going to be leaving very, very quickly. So, Marshall's probably going to be the fall guy if it happens, if it happens at all, you know, it's a bit of a pie-in-the-sky dear at the minute. But what I'm likely, I'm happy to indulge in, put it that way. Hey, so a quick break from our regular programming. Uh, we've had a lot of fun here tonight, <laughs> but just a quick word to say that if you've been enjoying our show over the last three years, three years now, bloody hell, and you like what we do and you're inclined to help us out, then there are several things that you can do to do that. Number one, you can head to www.redvoices.net slash donate, and to send us whatever sum you'd like through PayPal. Uh, any amount is welcome, but if you're feeling especially generous then a small monthly donation of even just a pound or something on those lines would be absolutely wonderful honestly that will go straight to covering our running costs which aren't massive but certainly add up if you can't do that then obviously do not worry about that whatsoever you can assist us with retweets mentions leaving a review or rating on itunes or just recommending us to united supporting friends it all adds up and means a lot we genuinely wouldn't still be here without you lot listening chatting and engaging with us week in and week out. It means a lot, and it's quite mad to consider that our fourth season of doing this is almost upon us. So again, thanks. Right, let's go back to it. James, back on to the player reviews. Oh, Scott McTominay.
1: God, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reaction I wanted. What I'll do, I'll start with his highlight of the season. That was getting an award at the MUTV dinners or whatever, uh, player of the year award that Mourinho blatantly just made up on the spot to um, reward him for being sort of top of the class or his sort of, um, <laughs> Student of the Year. Yeah, that was um, just for, you know, not going against him, turning up to every training session, trying hard, not complaining when he wasn't put in the team, all this sort of thing. So, yeah, that's his highlight. But I don't know, I'm, my sort of jury's out, I think, as most people are with Tomini. I don't, I can't, he's, he's shown me nothing to say he's a United player, that might change. He's almost sort of Darren Fletcher-esque in a way in the fact that you can't sort of see too much there, but there's, you know, he works hard, he's neat and tidy, but is he playing under orders of being, playing it simple that Mourinho wants, or is there more to his game? I'm not sure there's more to his game than what he's showing. So the jury's out a little bit for that, but if we're going to bring in replacements for Carrick and Fellaini and whoever else in midfield, then you just can't see where he's going to get a spot so maybe early part of next season he may go out on loan I think that might be quite a good thing for him actually to get a, perhaps a lower or mid table or lower table sort of Premier League team or even you know I don't know someone like Lampard at Derby might take someone like him to give him some games because he hasn't played much and he needs to needs to play so yeah he's he's done well to get in the team he's clearly sort of Mourinho's pet sort of project almost to to show what a you know what he can be if he, if you apply yourself and listen and do as you're told really so yeah he's some um, i don't know jury's out a little bit for him for his future but he's done well to to make the amount of starts he has really right richard you can have eric bai the
2: yeah eric bai where where for thou? eric bai makes me both happy and sad at the same time he makes me the, the mere sight of his face makes me happy you know when he's fit he's quite clearly united's best centre back bai an absolute mile. The problem obviously is the fact that he's not fit enough. And also the problem appears to be that that's really pissed Mourinho off. Thus, he was rather disappeared for the last six or seven weeks of the season, which seemed quite counterproductive to me because, you know, we lost the cup final because Phil Jones screwed up. And I'm not saying Eric is beyond screwing up, but he's he's a significantly more talented centre-back than any of our other options there. I just hope that Mourinho was teaching him some sort of excessive lesson that wasn't really needed. But it's finite in time in terms of length, and that we go on tour and we start the season again tomorrow. And you know, if we bought Toby Alderweireld, then you'd expect that Bi would be the obvious partner to him, and that's quite a nice combination between a guy who who still needs still needs refining, he still needs to learn his game. And a guy who really is you know, one of the best defenders in the Premier League, very experienced and already you know, an old hand. And I think one, that's one of the one of the issues we've had is that the, we've not had anybody particularly stable or, or, or extremely consistent to play next to either Baye or Lindelof. And I think they both would benefit a lot from that
0: moment of the season.
2: Moment of the season for Baye.
0: Was it smashing a ball in from two yards out against Swansea?
2: Yeah, it was even closer than that, wasn't it? He was bust, he must have been about six inches off the line. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got another one as well.
1: The um, when he did that bit of skill on the halfway line against Liverpool, and everyone was like, "Wow, it was brilliant." And what you didn't then see is that he went went on to lose the ball, and Mourinho went absolutely nuts on him because he nearly yeah. uh, Liverpool nearly counterattacked on us. So that was quite <laughs> amusing.
2: I think it's a it's, it's a t- it's testament to buy that he scored no goal in that game, and and I still absolutely adored his performance. <laughs> Just just because he's him.
0: Yeah, I'd buy that.
2: Right, Ewan, I will give you Marcus Rocco. Well, I, he got a new contract. <laughs> Explain it.
0: He did. I mean, that's his moment of the season. That is Rocco's moment of the season. And I don't know necessarily what he has done this year to warrant a new contract, but he's gotten one. I'm not 100% against that. It's just I don't quite understand, considering that he has either been A, unavailable due to injury, or B, just not played quite how we've ended up in this situation we just seem to have this surplus of centre-backs that Mourinho doesn't really know what to do with and Rojo was one last year that you could say that Mourinho actually did seem to improve and seemed to become a bit more solid because there was always that sense especially when Van Gaal was playing him at left-back the, towards the end of his second season which was an absolute disaster that there was more to Rojo than we were actually getting under Van Gaal in particular and he has done better under Mourinho But I haven't really seen anything this season to suggest that, number one, he really warrants that new deal. And number two, that he's really going to be able to cement a place in the side. The things with Rojo has always been keeping fit and trying to stay consistent. And we haven't really seen anything like that this season. Yeah, he's had some decent performances. But again, you know, I think almost every single one of our centre-backs at the club at the moment have got some drawback to them at the minute. And Rojo is just simply no exception to that whatsoever. And continuing on from that, basically every single one of our centre-backs has got a drawback discussion. James, Victor Lindelof.
1: I don't think he's been as bad as everyone said. That might be controversial and you can shoot me down for it. but No, I, first, just, I completely a, agree. Yeah, for a first season, I think he started off where well, he wasn't getting games, which never helps. And he had had that absolute horror show at Huddersfield where he looked like you know Phil Jones on acid and in a bad way so that was horrific but i think when then he sort of settled into the team i think he played in the back three a couple of times and it seemed to suit him to be honest where he had a he's very very good on the ball by the looks of it certainly that certainly helped and i think he had he had one game i remember i think was it i think it was the Watford away we were talking about earlier with um about Ashley young but I think that was his best game um from what i saw and he just in that first half he was just really really good and i think he showed he's got something and i think he came into the team Towards the end of the season, and sort of looked like he was starting to settle. You know, he's still, you know, still some work to do, but he's very good on the ball, and he looked like he was growing in confidence. So I think next season will be a big season for him, and he'll, yeah, I think he he's got a chance of being first choice, perhaps alongside Baye if we bring no one else in. But if we bring Alderweireld in, then I think he could be a, a sort of a backup to him, and certainly one to retain rather than look to ship out. So yeah I I think he's there's cause for optimism with him rather than being that outstanding but not as bad as everyone said in in my opinion anyway as for a highlight well low light obviously was um, was Huddersfield as I said so highlight yeah I'll just go with the the Watford game which I just some reason I can just remember praising him on that day and thought in that first half he was excellent and just looked a really good centre-back so unless you can think of anything better for him we'll um We'll go with uh, yeah that game against Watford.
0: <laughs> Lord no, <laughs> who have you got for Rich?
1: Oh, I'm going to pick his favourite player, Marouane Fellaini.
0: Yeah, do him, do him.
2: Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to say that? We're all at that this situation now where like, Marouane Fellaini has a month left on his contract, and we're all literally counting down the seconds. It's like a game of Jeopardy. It's like Liverpool in the Champions League final, where you had you had that week build up, and then you had to. You have to watch the game, which was like, kind of like the the moment of truth, and then and then ultimately it all ended up well. Um, and it, that's that's kind of how it feels about Marin contract, just kind of counting down the days until until those final seconds where we're just not quite sure. We just and then and then he'll, he'll leave, and we'll all just like there'll be a sea of calm will descend across United, Diaspora around the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything will be calm until we sign Marco Anatovic.
2: Yeah, that, that's true. <sighs> You know, it's all been said about Furnie before, hasn't it? But psychologically, he's come to be symbolic of the post-Fergie era and the relative inadequacy of the signings we've made since. He's a guy who has, has his uses, clearly works hard, but isn't good enough we've talked about five or six players already but he's another one of those ones that just isn't really good enough to be played for Manchester United in, in, in a team that's going to get anywhere near winning something really important you know part of the hope for him to go was that maybe Mourinho would stop relying on a big lump to get him out of trouble but as we now learned he, he's just looking at trying to sign another big lump to replace him but hopefully this big lump will be slightly better on the, on the football than, than Fellaini is I can't get past I can't I can't see past this season the, the, the severe game at home when picking him instead of anybody else in that midfield next to next to Manu Matic was just the, the most grossly ridiculous thing that Mourinho's done this season because it just left us with the most immobile, least technically gifted midfield probably in Europe. In that <laughs> <week>. <laughs> stepped on a fo- that stepped on a football pitch in European competition that week, and as a result, Severe just passed around us and they're. We were just these. I might be wrong, but I'd say 99% of United fans are, are hoping that his moment of the season is the moment that that contract expires and oh, there'll be fireworks and, 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 yeah, mariachi bands and all sorts celebrating his departure.
0: I mean, you know, in a moment of the season, I would say him coming on for Pogba against Basel. Obviously, it was rubbish that he was replacing Pogba, who is a very good footballer, in my opinion. Controversial, I know. He actually had a pretty good game against yeah. Basel on that Champions League opener. You know, he scored a decent goal. And he was actually looking confident. You know, his use of the ball that evening was good. Surprisingly good. I'm not sure I'd be quite as macabre as you are about it, although you could say that for many things in life. But at the same time, I think I need Fellaini to leave United, not just because of what he represents, but because I need that not to be an option anymore. And I need to believe that Mourinho is capable of more than just having target men to turn to when things don't start working out there has to be more to us than that and if it's a case of taking some of these players at the squad who we say are quote unquote not united standard we've said that about several players tonight and over the last few months and the average level of the squad goes up great obviously there's still question marks over what Mourinho can get out of these replacements But I think it's symbolic for Fellaini to potentially on his way out. But what a ridiculous situation where Marouane Fellaini, Marouane goddamn Fellaini, is holding Manchester United hostage for a new contract. And he is leaving, not because the club is selling him. He is leaving him because he doesn't want to accept a new contract. (laughs) What is this world? (laughs) Right. Rich, who have you got for me?
2: Right, Ewan. I give you one matter.
0: Juan, oh, of all the seasons that we've watched, Juan, and don't get me wrong, I love the man. I think by the last couple of months of this season, I have become relatively convinced that it's time for United to move on from him. I don't think we're going to get much more out of him than we have now. I think in terms of what he can provide this United side he's still able to provide. And I think sometimes you can see him come on as a substitute and really sort of weave our attack together. But I don't think that happens enough. You know, I think highlights of the season, you probably look at that, uh, brace he got against Leicester city, lovely free kick in the second half. You know, obviously it was ridiculous that we couldn't hold on to the result, but that certainly wasn't down to him. And, you know, if we're going to go off topic for a second, another, uh, absolute highlight is his common goal initiative. You know, it's not often that you hear about, well, certainly not on this level, players being so, what's the word I'm searching for, philanthropic with their money. And it's great to see someone like him, such a charming man who is a great advert for the game and a great servant for United, lead that. It's lovely to see. In terms of him as a footballer, you know, I I think that he's struggled over the last several months in particular with United's pronounced dip in form and this rigid structure that we've had to the point where Mourinho clearly still trusts him But there are several other players that he trusts a little bit more than him in that 4-3-3. You know, he's he's not that great out wide. We do have better options on the flanks. The only really way it would work going forward is if he was playing as a number 10. And that then requires us to play potentially Matic and Pogba alongside each other. And we know that is not going to get the best out of Pogba. So, you know, another year of matter, I'm not going to complain because I love that man. But I think at the end of that contract, I think it'll be a big hug and a bit of a tearful goodbye, but it'll be the right thing to do. Right. Uh,
1: James, you have Sergio Romero. Oh, Sergio. Um, what's he done? Well, he's been cup keeper. So I think, did he play and never not concede a goal all season? Or am I making that up in terms of cups? Maybe he didn't concede many, but... I think he's done pretty well considering when he was bought he was looked at as a bit of a sort of comedy keeper and couldn't sort of catch anything and was going to be a disaster. I think he's a better keeper than I thought he was and he's made some pretty good saves at certain times. So it's when De Gea does have a rest, which obviously he needs it from certain times, I think he's filled in pretty well and I think all people are talking about is maybe that he's going to look to move on somewhere and get a number one spot somewhere else, which you can't really blame him because I think he's too good to be a number two. So, considering limited games, he's had a very good season. He clearly doesn't kick up a stink of being number two. Considering he's Argentina's number one, or he was, he's think he's going to the World Cup, is he now? I think he was injured. He's, yeah, he's done pretty well. And being back up to De Gea is not a bad position to be in, but he needs games, so if he goes then fair play to him, but his highlight of the season would be... help. I'm going to give you a pass on um, this that one. Save yeah, <laughs> think, that save he made. He made yes, that save he made, yes, that one, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that save he made against that European team in the Champions League. That, I can't remember, but it was very good. And, though, that save.
0: Oh, absolutely. Fully <laughs> agree.
1: Delete as applicable. Rich. Okay, we've done one keeper. Let's do the other one. David De Gea. Wow.
0: Oh, why does Rich get the good one?
2: Wow because I'm nice
1: because I gave him Marin Fellaini some sort of bouncing it out
2: for him. I, I, do, I don't think I need to say anything else apart from wow do I um, no that's enough quite clearly the best goalkeeper in the world by a mile and I I fear I fear for my sanity if he ever left and uh, how many how many moments of the season could there be definitely here's the one player that you you'd have to think that there's that has to be spoilt for choice in terms of the moment of the season. There was a, um, a compilation video of all of his best saves of this year. He must have made seven or eight absolutely stupendous saves this season. Saves that I wouldn't imagine any other goalkeeper in the Premier League could make. I would say I, I, my personal favourite was the save at Stoke when I think it was the shot from from Jesse really close in, and he just got his hand up and tipped tipped it over the bar, and it, it, his reactions were ridiculous. Or I suppose alternatively, the game at Arsenal when he made two or three really significant saves and must have, must have had to save about 15, 20 shots over the course of the game. There's not much else to say about you. Muno said last year that it's, it's, there's something wrong if your goalkeeper's player of the year. And, and there is something wrong if your goalkeeper's player of the year. But if, you, if, if a goalkeeper's going to be player of the year, then he might as well be the best one in the world by an absolute mile. And that's him. Please don't ever leave, Dave. I give you Anti Martial.
0: Anthony Martial again another man that I love but another man who has really really struggled at points this season and yeah there's a big caveat to add to Martial that you know again how much do you take into account Mourinho's treatment of him and the decisions that the manager has made and how much has that actually affected his season you know you look at where he how he was playing prior to Sanchez's signing And you think back to how things have actually turned out since. You know, 45 performances, all right, a lot of those have been substitutes. 11 goals, you know, that's only six short of his best season for United when he was first joining us under Van Gaal. So it's not a complete million miles away from that. You know, in terms of moments of the season, I think back to that wonderful goal against Everton when we just moved into a higher gear in that game at Goodison Park. We were wonderful to watch. We were just exquisite at times. And that's something that we just haven't seen anywhere near enough of from the entire team, let alone Martial. But I think he is a player that has really, really struggled since Sanchez came in. You know, He has lost that consistency of playing regularly and starting regularly that I think he and Rashford both require if they are truly going to kick on and become world-class players for United. And that is a real shame. And I think it's also disappointing as well that Mourinho just doesn't have the confidence in his ability, which is, again, a massive shame because he is, at the moment... Our most naturally gifted attacker. You know, you put him ahead of Sanchez at the moment because Marcel's got the ability to make something happen out of nothing. He's the best dribbler that we have on his day. He is a great striker of the football and it is a shame that the last moments that you'll remember of this season is him slicing that cross when we were trying to get an equaliser against Chelsea in the Cup final a couple of weekends ago. He is so much better than we have seen at points this season. And I think he's better than Marina gives him credit for as well. I hope that we keep hold of him. You know, I'm you know, the talk about Spurs essentially trying to work him into the deal with Idivarald and then Juventus potentially muting him as well as a potential swap option for any deal that might include Alexandro. I understand their thinking, you know, he is a great talent and I think he'd excel in both of those teams. But I don't like what it says about United that, again, we're talking about selling this talented player. And this is going to be worse than Di Maria. This would be worse than Yanisai. This would be worse than Memphis Depay. Martial, to me, can be better than all three of those players. It would be mad if we let him go. I understand the situation surrounding it. If Marino doesn't think he can get the best out of him, then fair enough. But what a gigantic shame it would be if we let this player go.
1: Um Let's see. Oh, James. Phil <laughs> Jones. Philip Jones, oh, what's to say? Should we positives? I would say when he's good, he's decent. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of clutching at some straws here. But it's just this comedy moments just sort of undermine him. So because you'll have a run of games where you think, "Oh yeah, he's something getting get pretty good," and but then he just does something stupid or stupid face or trips over the carpet at West Ham, which was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, when he ran off, or he ran off the pitch and just like the only player in the world that could actually find a edge of a carpet and actually trip over it and then even fall without even putting his hands down. He just like almost face planted down like he was doing it for the hits on YouTube or something. It's just hilarious. But, um, the (laughs) poor fella, um, yeah, he sort of rounded off the season and you go into the, you know, close season. The memory of him is, is the cup final of. Him you know initially making the mistake or has going past him, and just you know it's just so inevitable that he was just gonna try and make some last ditch dive and take him out and it was just sort of sums up his his career, so naturally, I think he's a actually he's a very good defender, take away all his um silliness, but he just lets himself down once every few games, and he's never gonna get over that really and in the eyes of the fans, I don't think, and he's often not fit so to be honest, he would be the one I would possibly look to, to move on because I do, just think he'll thrive somewhere else. I think someone like an Everton or a, I don't know, mid-sort of range team, I think he'll be great. But his, time's come. If we're going to move on a defender, he's got to be at the top of the list, I think, just through for that reason. And his highlight, without a doubt, is um, West Ham away, tripping on that carpet and face planting on the floor. Was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, he should have a new contract based on that just to keep up the comedy. But, <laughs> <'cause we've got laughs> never, you know, judging by the football, we need comedy, but the poor fella's got to be put out of his misery, really. But, um, like, uh, early part of the season, I sort of think I said somewhere and people have ridiculed me for it, but said he's the best English defender in the Premier League, which isn't saying much when. John Stones was the only other competition, but I think we're just, just beyond the pale with him now, so um toodaloo.
0: What a wonderful description that you actually said, when he's not defending terribly, he's actually a very good defender.
1: Yeah, there you go. Eloquent, I think it's called. Indeed. <laughs>
2: not right. Rich, you can have Antonio Valencia. Oh, Antonio Valencia. Destined to be our, our right back again next season, it seems. I think our fullbacks have been one of the biggest problems we've had this season, because whoever we've played out wide has, because of the choice we've made, whether it's Matter on the right or Sanchez on the left or, or Lingard on the right as well. We've tried that later in the season as well. They all drift inside. And so, hugely reliant on, on fullbacks to actually provide us with width, overlap outside, and also pr- provide service for the, for the strikers and for, for Lukaku. Unfortunately, Antony Valencia's Greatest weakness is his complete inability to cross the football, which which is an absolutely fatal weakness, really, for a fullback in a, a team that uses a system that requires the fullbacks to provide width. And there was a period last year where I thought maybe he'd he'd improved because he'd had a couple of years where all he was literally doing was as soon as he's faced by the first man, he was stopping and just passing the ball back inside. And last season he seemed to be at least taking the fullbacks on and trying to get some ball into the box. But this season he's just really fallen back into. Old habits. He's pretty sound defensively, but I think it's again typical of the issues that United had in the last few years. That w- that we are essentially playing two not failed wingers, but two wingers who were not world class wingers at fullback. That's going to be an ongoing issue next year. I, you know, he he gives everything. He's an absolute unit. You know, Mourinho likes him because he's the kind of automaton that that he clearly adores, and you know, whatever he's told to do, he'll do it to the letter. But got far too many players that Mourinho trusts or likes just because they do exactly as he says without actually having the talent to really take the, the team up a level and I think that's that's really where Antonio Valencia falls.
0: Yeah, what a weird situation where our right back our right back our starting right back under Jose Mourinho just cannot cross a football. I don't quite know what to say about that still. I mean, in terms of moments of the season, Rich, you've still got two, two quite nice ones to actually oh, choose Everton, from. Everton, That Howitzer against Everton. Oh, I mean, he, he came on on his left foot. That left foot that may as well be a redundant appendage on his body. And he scored a goal with it against Stoke, was it? A quite
2: good oh, that one. Was quite, that was a pretty good goal, wasn't it, actually? Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it yeah, was. I, that, that was.
1: And he scored against Arsenal a He did he? score
2: against Arsenal, I must admit the one that surprised me most was, was the left footer. Although, not by much from the ridiculous how it's through against Everton. I, I reckon if I'd scored a goal like, like hit that goal that he scored against Everton in once in my career, I'd die happy. That's just, just one of those, one of those hits where, I think he had kind of caught on, it, caught it on his kind of lower shin as well. He never, ever, ever hit a football that sweetly again in his entire life. It's, it's just one of those goals. I haven't, United don't score enough goals haven't scored enough goals in the last few years that have actually made me make a noise like a an animal that's been <laughs> killed by a large predator. And and that was one of those occasions this season.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Go on then, who you got for me.
2: You in, I give you the enigma that is Alexis Sanchez. Disgust. Oh,
0: I was hoping for Lingard. <laughs> it was just Lingard and Sanchez left and I knew you weren't gonna give me the good you one. You hospital
2: pass for the last one. Oh,
0: you git Alright, Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez, I was really, really excited. I got swept along by that wave of enthusiasm when we signed him. That video was mercurial. It was great. It tugged on the heartstrings It made you excited. It was incredibly emotive. And that was almost the highlight of his time at United so far. And that is worrying. If there is any... (sighs) indication of how damaging it can be for Mourinho to let a player play themselves out of their slump, I think it's Sanchez. I think he's played, for the quality of football that he's delivered, he has played far, far, far too much. And I think if you look at the likes of Rashford and Martial struggling for consistency in a run of games in the side... Considering what they've been up against on that left flank, it's remarkable that Sanchez has been allowed to stay in the team that long considering his form. And it's just not gotten that much better. His moment of the season is pretty straightforward apart from that signing, which was that wonderful header against Spurs. He took that so well considering he was leaning backwards at that point. He did excellently to get that one in. And I would still rather have him in our squad than not. You know, and I think Mourinho talked about almost as a, like a, a preliminary excuse saying essentially, I don't like to sign players mid-season because I think it might take a little while for them to adjust to what we're trying to do. Hopefully that's the case and this was just a rough time for him because he's been playing so much football. A summer off from United, from playing for us, from football in general could be really, really good for him. Hopefully he comes back refreshed, a bit more focused and able to get on side a bit more with what Mourinho and the team are trying to do. You know, God knows what that is, but hopefully he can get on side with it. But regardless, we can we can get so much more from Sanchez than we've gotten. I think I don't think he's completely shot, but I think it's this damaging thing that Mourinho's got. When he's got players that he trusts, that carry out his instructions, even if they're not playing well, he's so blinded to that element that he doesn't look at form. He doesn't look at how they're doing. And he just refuses to make decisions based on that sort of form that will take them out of the firing line, even if there are just a couple of games, and just bring someone else in younger who could do with the games, who could do with a bit of a confidence beast. He will frequently just drop players because he's pissed off with them. And that is far more reductive than I think he's willing to admit. But yeah, hopefully miles better from Sanchez next season because, you know, he really, really needs to buck his ideas up. This was not a good six months for him. He didn't look confident. He looked like he was running down blind alleys, essentially, with no idea of what he was doing. You know, he gave the ball away a lot, but you expect that from Sanchez. But certainly not to this level. It's just been a really disappointing six months from him. But I guess in that sense, the only way is up. So I'll leave that there. Rich, what do you think?
2: I think he's another example of the general way in which we use struggled to get anything out of his forward players I mean if you take a guy an established class player or close to world class player and and he comes into this team and he can't you know he's put, I think he's probably put in max a, a game and a half at any sort of level all season I mean it really surprised me when we got him and then immediately played him on the left because we you know Martial was playing well at the time and it and it, it looked like a more obvious fit to try and get him on the right hand side so we had quality on both sides but I think the way that he's played, the way that he's been played, has been really counterproductive, both for him and for Marshall and Rashford as well. So it's been a, a real conundrum. For Mourinho, he's such a good player. There's clearly a lot more to come from him next season. I think we've just got to hope that something changes over the summer.
0: Hmm, that'd be good. Right, last one of the night. James, you have the distinct pleasure of talking about our boy Jesse Lingard. Good luck with moment of the season, by the way. This is one of the ones where it's actually very, very difficult to pick one.
1: What we'd have to say... About Lingard is it's been his best season by mile. I think he's established himself as, if not first choice, pretty much first choice certainly for the majority of the season. So I think he's now certainly a Mourinho favourite. I think he's early season form with his goals was fantastic. Um, I think he's turned around a lot of people's sort of views on him for sure. I think I for one I've never been his biggest fan to be honest but this season you can't argue with the level of performance and the goals so certainly early part of the season in the run-up to Christmas some of those goals were match-winning goals it all's pretty much spectacular and he just really cemented his place I think in the in the squad so I think he's been along with De Gea and probably Lukaku the top three of the season and I hope he has a really good world cup can't really fault him for this season he maybe dropped off a little bit in the last month or two but then most of the players did so um yeah He's had a brilliant season. I think highlights. I would say loads to talk about. Actually, I would say his Watford goal away, where he probably dribbled from about his own half and scored. That was pretty good. I think Everton away, a great goal as well. To be honest, he doesn't seem to have the same sort of impact at home, which probably is the fact that he could get a bit more space away, and his movement sort of works really well, and he's not going against a packed defence perhaps quite so much away. So. Or home, rather. Um, I don't know if you've got any other highlights from from Jesse Rich that you can think about.
2: Arsenal away was fun, wasn't it? Um, oh, of course it was. Yeah. The sorry. F- yeah. The first goal he scored. The first goal he scored was. It was a nice finish from him. But it, the move in general was a really really nice move. And a little sort of reverse pass from from Marshall into him. I think he suffered this season because uh, or towards the end of the season because we moved away from playing with a number ten again. And I think that's where he. It was really Mourinho. Losing faith in Mikitarin and trying Lingard there, that was the start of his kind of purple patch. And then once, once we decided to fall back on the 4-3-3 again, then Lingard kind of gets pushed out right and he's not quite as effective there because he's, he's not, he's not a kind of traditional wide man. He's, he doesn't dribble past players. He's all about finding space. And as he said, I think there's a lot less space at home because teams are more compact and they defend deeper. And so his best attributes are kind of tamed a bit. But even then, I mean, he, you know, the two goals he scored against Burnley, when we we're 2-0 down, were really, really important goals. He got a brilliant goal against Derby in the FA Cup when we were really kind of scratching for a breakthrough towards the end. He's just another one. I mean, he surprised loads of people, but I think he's another one whereby he's a really, really, really handy player to have. in. you can rotate him and get... You know you're going to get a level of performance and he can still score some goals for you, but probably wouldn't be starting in one of the elite teams in Europe. So, yeah, but, I mean, he's, he certainly steps it up a level. And it'd be really nice if he could do the same again next season.
0: Yeah, I mean... I think you mentioned there about Lingard being great away from home. You know, the majority of his greatest moments came away from Old Trafford, where he does get a bit more space, where it is, he is able to affect teams a little bit more. And if I'm not right, not wrong in thinking, you know, he scored some pretty good goals at home as well. You mentioned that Burley duo. I think probably the most important goal he scored was probably the winner against Chelsea. Great cross from yeah. our best <laughs> crosser on the, in the entire squad, Romelu Lukaku. did really well to get on the end of it. It's been good to see him step up to that level but the challenge is now considering he's had his most prolific season at United is to improve on that I think you know he and Martial and Rashford have done well in parts this season but I think categorically I think they all need to step up another level or so if they're really really going to impress Mourinho consistently but again I think it's great that Lingard's been able to reach a level consistently and provide so many great and impressive goals this season to a level that not many of us considered that he'd actually be able to get to, you know, it's, it's been really impressive at times. And that real, that purple patch was a level above what I thought he was capable of, which is great. You know, that's really enjoyable. Um, and that is actually the entirety of the team, lads. Well done. We did it. And we didn't die. We didn't. Hurrah. Right. The only thing left to cover before the end of this season (laughs) is our alternative awards. So, James and Rich, I'm, I'm sure you've been thinking about this for the last hour or so. Okay, first up, the Chris Smalling Redemption Award. Interpret that the way you will. James, who would you give this to?
1: Redemption? Um, probably, I don't know why, but I'm going to look at, I don't know, Ashley Young, just because for the way that he sort of come back from being a sort of peripheral squad player to reinvent himself as first choice left back for no other reason than that, but whether well, that's a redemption and whether that sort of fits the criteria you're looking for, but that's my, my choice.
2: Rich? Ooh, maybe, perhaps, perhaps Jesse Lingard, just for pulling himself out of the, the footballing friend zone, so to speak, and making, making himself a player that, you know, we can actually look at and perhaps, perhaps rate as somebody who is, is a really useful talent to us going forward. You know, he's kind of got to the age now, he's in the mid, mid twenties where it was make or break, and as you say, I don't think any of us saw that. Coming from him, and I think if he hadn't stepped it up this season, I would struggle to put forward an argument to suggest that he would should still be United player next season. But but as it is, he absolutely should be United player next season, and I think he's got quite a lot to offer.
0: Hmm. I'd probably give the Chris Smalling Redemption Award to Chris Smalling, oh. just because of this City performance for that wonderful image of him losing Vincent Company for a header at the same end of the pitch that we conceded in the 2011-2012 season to then come back and score the winner. That was quite poetic. Now, I've got issues with our Chris Moyne defence frequently and good grief he needs to get better at distribution and basic paying attention to what's going on around him. But that was a really good moment and a one I feel like he deserved. Okay, uh, I mean, a full-on 90-minute performance seems like a bit of a stretch at the minute. So let's go with best second-half performance of the season. The award goes to, Rich?
2: Everton away. I think that was our most exceptional 45 minutes of the season, I would say. Um, I think we looked everything we think we could and should be the majority of the time. I don't know whether to a degree that was because on that particular line, Lukaku was missing and so we we, we had Martial up front and uh, it was one of the rare games at the time when Pogba was played, kind of on the left of that midfield three and it'd be quite be quite a nondescript first half and then really Martial Pogba and Jesse Lingard really just exploded in that second half and, and we really kind of blew Everton away and we could have scored we could have scored three or four more to be honest in the second half and, and it's been a season where there have been so few genuinely exceptional spells of football and I think that was probably our most fluid and most enjoyable to watch 45 minutes of the season.
0: Mm-hmm. James?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably agree with that about the Everton one. That was, I was going to sort of throw that in as a bit of a curveball because I thought Rich was going to say the second half of the derby because obviously scoring three goals against City and stopping them winning the league is probably the one you'd, you know, that sort of leaps out at you. But for football, yeah, for, for good football, that was the best, that was definitely the best second half or the best half we, we, um, we did all season. So, um, I'm going to not, you know, vote too strongly for the City one, but I'm, I'm agreeing with the Everton one because that's how we should be playing and how we, the only, one of the only times we really looked like a, um, like a really top team, and perhaps the, all well, the first half of the Arsenal game as well, I thought was, was pretty good, but that's
2: mm. not a second half, so it doesn't really count. City, City well, I mean, I guess City's best, best let's the, call it best half if you <laughs> want City's to. best for the, uh, for the 45 minutes of jokes. For jokes, isn't it? For, yeah. for the lols. The Schadenfreude, they actually get the, the Schadenfreude best 45 minutes award.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, <laughs> there's not many more halves that really stick out you know you mentioned that Everton game and that was a wonderful time the first half of the away game against CSK Mwasu was quite good yeah, fun if memory it. serves you know blitz them away in what the first what 20 minutes oh. or so that was great fun remember when we scored goals that was great
2: back when life was good wasn't it
0: that was when life was good when things yeah, were yeah. complicated and Henry McIntyre was still a Manchester United player and we didn't know what was coming next Uh the Jose Mourinho does Jose Mourinho award James
1: yeah, I've got two nominations for this one. First one, I think, well, I've mentioned one of them, which was the Scott doing the Scott McTominay um, award out of the blue that he just made up off the top of his head, and <laughs> that was quite amusing. For that. Oh, I but the, I, my my personal favourite is the ridiculous decision or reason he gave for why Eric Bailly wasn't in the team. Basically, that because he wasn't going to the World Cup, he wanted to give the other players a game, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Of. But that just sort of sums up Mourinho making something up on the on the spot and making him open to ridicule so there's numerous others I'm sure that Rich can tell us more about but um yeah that um the Eric Bailly reason is my
2: one I think the the actual reason or the the reason that's been given by sections of the press is equally as as Mourinho as the as, as the world cup excuse and that's the fact that Eric Bailly called in <coughs> sick with a virus or something on the, on the day of the West Brom game which we then lost and then deemed himself to be fit enough to come in for training the next day, which clearly angered Jose Mourinho more than anything else that's angered him this season. And he thus banished by, for the rest of the season, apart from the utterly meaningless Watford game. That's quite some doing. You, you want to spite a guy for being ill on a match day. He's also your best defender, so you, you essentially partially toss off a cup final, play with a weakened team for the remainder of the season just to, just to spite him. That's, that's super ringing. Yeah, that'll learn him. And, and the, I suppose the other one, you, going back to Scott McTominay as well, it was just kind of, it's, I have a feeling of Scott McTominay and when James was kind of rating his season, you know, we've all, we've looked at Scott McTominay and, you know, perhaps there's a lot more there to, to come, but he just looks like a neat and tidy, reasonably talented kid who'll probably end up at mid to lower reaches of the Premier League or perhaps even the Championship. But it's the way that Mourinho essentially used him. And he's done Tomineau no harm, so it's, it's it's furthered his career greatly. But but he's essentially used him for multi-purposes. He's used him so that he can say, look, I develop young kids from the youth system. He used him so that he could teach Paul Pogba a lesson. And, th- and then he used him so that he could essentially give himself an award at, at the awards night. And say, look, didn't I do great with this kid from the youth team? Well, all of which are, are the most Mourinho things ever. There's quite a lot to go on this season, to be honest, because he's certainly been in relatively Machiavellian mode this year. Ugh.
0: I've got another one to chuck at you, though, post-severe. Just for the pure disregard he was sort of showing at that point, I mean, it, again, you t- you talk about Machiavellian, and that was Mourinho as most Machiavellian, surely, because basically it was a masterclass in deflection. I'm not necessarily sure he fully believed what he was saying, But what a way to rile up the fan base at a very key point in his managerial career at United. To basically say, well, you know, United used to get knocked out of the Champions League. This is nothing new. That is a wonderful way of deflecting people and getting them annoyed. But the problem is it didn't really work that well because we were still thinking why on earth was that performance so bad. But yes, I, I, I remain still quite ticked off by that. So perhaps that's probably the most Jose Mourinho moment, Jose Mourinho moment of the season. Several months on, I'm still very much annoyed by that. There we go. Uh, the not David De Gea player of the year award, the last one of the night. James, who would you give that to?
1: I think for the reasons we mentioned earlier, I'm going to give it to Lukaku. I think he's had a excellent first season and he has done probably better than I thought he would do. And he's got lots to learn and he's got things he can improve, but all in all, 28, 27 goals, whatever it was, is very, very good. And as I said earlier, that was without any level of service. So give him some full-backs who can actually cross or wingers that can cross and he can get a lot more. So Lukaku for me with Polly Lingard next and somebody else after that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Options indeed. Go Sorry, on then. Yeah. Who have you, you got, Rich?
2: I've I got to go with James. I, I don't think, I think the uh, the pickings of- Pretty slim. I don't think there are too many players at United who have either improved or played anywhere near the peak of their abilities this season. I think, as, as James said, Lingard's won, but 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 the guy who shines on both both levels is is Lukaku. I think he's he's the player who's improved the most this season. I mean, even with that two two months spell off, kind of at the, the tail end of last year, he's the guy who's consistently put in strong performances and important performances, particularly given the way that. The narrative was towards the start of the season that he he tended to be a bit of a flat-track bully who didn't really impact games in any important way. And I think he's gone on to show that he can absolutely do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably would have gone for Lukaku over De Gea if, you know, there wasn't any reasonable doubt that De Gea was player of the season. I think that gap between sort of, gosh, what was it, sort of October, January, where Lukaku was really struggling for goals perhaps maybe takes him out of consistency a little bit in terms of a performer all across the season where De Gea didn't really have a low spot. I think maybe you could say he was culpable for one or two goals that he could have done better at, which is remarkable when you think about it. But yeah, Lukaku, for me, uh, easily the second best player that we've had at the club this season. I think he's improved a lot. I think he's been excellent in terms of close-range finishing. I think the range of the finishes is great too. You know, he's been great in the air. He's worked very, very hard too. You know, you think back to that Sevilla second leg. Few players were trying as hard as him in that game when things were going wrong as Lukaku. For sure, you know he's frequently one who tries quite hard. And I know that gets you very far in a Mourinho side, but I think he's got the effort and the energy, and at times the actual skill to back that up too. So he's not just a, you know, he's not just a bulldog running around like a chicken. Oh, bull- bulldog running around like a chicken. He's not wow. just running around like a <laughs> chicken. Essentially, there's actually some point to what he's trying to do. And he's actually got the skills to back it up to. So, yeah, I'm very pleased to see what he gets up to next season. I'm interested to see where he can go from here. You know, hopefully, what needs to be a very, very big season for United. I think we can all agree you need a player like that playing at the peak of his confidence. And, yeah, fingers crossed we're on our way to a much bigger season. Right. I think we will leave it there for the evening james rich thank you as always and throughout the entire season for your company it is always a pleasure it's never a chore and guys as well as always as i say this every single week thank you very 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 much for listening don't forget if you are so inclined you can get all of us all over the internet you can get harriet at hm drudge you can get paul at paul gunning one you can get rich at at richardcan76 you can get james at uh, written off underscore M U C and you can get me at at Ewan Lennart, and you can get the blog at www.redvoices.net we hope you have an absolutely wonderful summer enjoy the World Cup, whoever you're supporting have great holidays, get some time off from work, catch some z's whatever and we'll be back around the time of preseason to start the season again thank you so much for your company thank you so much for listening thank you so much for engaging with us it means the whole world and we're so appreciative of you take care of yourselves
1: goodbye